You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Without further ado, I want to bring your attention in the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. In Leviticus chapter 26, verse 11 and 12. Well, the Bible says that I will set my tabernacle among you and my soul shall not abhor you. Verse 12, and I will walk among you and I will be your God and ye shall be my people. And in Revelation chapter 21. Verse 3, the Bible says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Amen. So tonight I want to preach to you on the subject that says the presence of God. The presence of of God. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus? Father, I pray that let your will be done in this place. Lord, do whatever you want to do in this place. You are welcome, Lord. You're freely, God, to move in this place. Let your will be done, I pray. And I ask for your anointing that your words have been uh, read tonight. Let your power be demonstrated in this place, Lord. Let the gifts of the Spirit be stirred up in the midst of us, Lord. And let your power and glory be demonstrated for your namesake, God. We exalt you. We will never fail to give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we clap our hands to the Lord one more time? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God, the presence of God. There are hundreds of beliefs and religions existing in our world today. And because of that, I got to ask this question. What makes us the people of God. What does it really makes us different and peculiar? What set us apart from among all those religions that are existing in this world today? Our doctrine is great. The oneness of God message is wonderful. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You believe that there is only one God, thou doest well. Even the devils believe and tremble. That is in the scripture. There is only one God. Our doctrine is wonderful. But that's not why we are called the people of God. Even our holiness standard is great. We are encouraged to live a holy life inward and outside, reflecting the work of God in our lives, in our hearts. But that's not why we are called the people of God. We are the people of God because of His abiding presence. The focused and concentrated presence of God 
that when the people of God, amen, begins to lift up their voice and call upon His name, hallelujah, and we begin to lift up our voice in praise and worship, hallelujah, and adoration, and report to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And all of a sudden, when His presence and glory comes down into this place, and when you feel that thick atmosphere, hallelujah, as you sing glory to His name, hallelujah, like an electric current that you feel the chills that you feel and all of a sudden you feel his love all of a sudden you feel his peace all of a sudden you feel his comfort and sometimes you feel like crying or even sometimes you feel like rejoicing down in your soul amen when the abiding presence move in our midst that's why we are called the people of God is when he abides in us in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we read that we are called, amen, the people of God. And He will be yeah, He will be our God and we are His people as we obey His words. He will walk with us. God was with the children of Israel. He was the pillar of cloud that led their way and give shade by day. And the pillar of fire by night to give life and warmth as they travel in the wilderness to the promised land. You can read that in Exodus 13, 21 and 22. It was the presence of God that made the difference for the children of Israel during those times that they were walking in the wilderness. That set them apart is while they are traveling the power of God, the glory of God manifesting in the midst of them. That what, that's what set them apart. And it's still the same presence that we are longing and seeking in our services today. And that's what makes our services different. We need God's presence in our services. We need the move of God in our services. Whether it's Wednesday midweek Bible study, prayer meeting, or our Sunday services, we need the presence of God. We need the move of God, hallelujah, in our midst. Without His presence, everything we do here will be just an ordinary, regular activity. Without His presence, we're just like a social club here in the church. We need the presence of God. Moses understood the importance of the presence of God for he himself experienced the glory when he was in the presence. Exodus 33 verse 15, And he, Moses, said unto God, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. This, this happened when the children of Israel committed rebellion and idolatry by making and worshiping a molten calf. Moses refused to go to the promised land without God's presence. He understood the importance, the value of being in the presence of God. No matter how Canaan sounds appealing, no matter how it looks amusing, you know what, it doesn't matter if they have the overflowing milk and honey for Moses, it's not worth it. Church, we cannot afford to live in the promise and lose His presence. 
Hallelujah. We cannot afford that church. Yes, we can have comfort, but don't lose the comforter. I'm not talking about the bedding. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost, the comfort. Hallelujah. Jeff Arnold once said in his preaching, What makes heaven heaven is not because of the streets of gold. What makes heaven heaven, it's not because of the pearly gates that you can read in the scriptures or the angels there or the mansions that are promised, the promised for us. You know, everything in the, in, in, in the description of heaven. What makes heaven heaven is because of the presence of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. That's why here as we worship the Lord and when we feel His presence, hallelujah, we bring down heaven on earth. You don't have to wait for the next life to experience heaven. Hallelujah, when you are in the presence of God, hallelujah, that's heaven already. Hallelujah. The reason why we need God's presence because we are designed to survive in that atmosphere that is our natural habitat now i have a question if you have a pet who loves pet oh there's a lot of hands here well for example you, you have a fish so if you have a fish i have a question where do you pit you where do you put your fish well the the natural response you're gonna give me is you're gonna put it in the water right Water or frying pan? <laughs> no. No, no, that's bad. <laughs> of course, you're going to put the fish in the water. It's either the bowl or the aquarium. Amen, right? Am I right? <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, you put the f your fish in the water because that is the natural habitat of the fish. In the water. I have a question again. When God created man, where did God place man in Genesis? In Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. The first place that God put man is in Eden. Now the Hebrew word Eden, it means pleasure. It's called pleasure. It's because that was the place where God's presence can freely walk in the cool of the day and speak to man regularly. That's why it's called pleasure. It's not just because of the garden because there's a lot of garden here in this world, beautiful gardens. But it's not about that. The Garden of Eden is not about the garden, but it's about the presence of God. So when God created Adam, He put him into the garden where His presence is manifesting. Because that is our natural habitat as a human being. We cannot survive, hallelujah, without the presence of God. We need God. We need His presence. That's why, hallelujah, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you pursue. You got to take a hold of the presence of God. Hallelujah. Whether you go to work, to your school, hallelujah, you got to take Take a hold of the presence of God. You are a carrier. You are the carrier of the Ark of the Covenant right now. You carry the God's glory within you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah. That's why in Psalm 16:11, thou wilt show me the path of life. What's the path of life? Because in thy presence, in his presence, in God's presence, there is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand, right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You can only find hallelujah the fullness of joy only in the presence of God. Apart from His presence, whatever we consider joy in this world is incomplete. That's why people will try to fill in the void in their lives by doing, you know, some vices, by uh, uh, having a relationship with people, trying, uh, trying to feel like they are accepted. Or probably people will pursue, you know, position or just to make them feel that they are valued. No, no matter what human, human beings do, the fullness of joy will always be in the presence of God. It's not going to be in the material things in this world. It's not going to be in your house or your cars or in your positions at work. Those things are great. Amen. But those are, those are temporary. We need the presence of God. The only time, the only time death took place for Adam and Eve. It's not when they eat the fruit of the forbidden tree. Death took place for them is when they were cast out and separated from God's presence because of sin. It's in Genesis 3.24. They were separated from God's presence. That's where death took place. The Bible said that, you know, if you... Eat the fruit of that tree, you will surely die. But when they eat it, they didn't die. But, they, that, but that took place is when they were outside of the presence of God. They were separated. In Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid His face from you. And that He will not hear. It is the sin that separates us from the from, from God, from His presence. But thank God, thank God for the cross of Calvary. Thank God for the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Thank God that He purchased us for, with His precious blood. And He restored that relationship. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful to our Lord Jesus Christ for what He has done for me and for all of us. We cannot afford to be away from the presence of God. Look at the story of the prodigal son. In Luke chapter 15, verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. Do you know what made that prodigal son, his life miserable. It wasn't that he wasted his substance. But it all started when he went out from the presence of the father. He thought that he could live by himself by taking all those inheritances, those blessings that he had and making himself afar from the presence of God. Thinking that he can survive. It's the root of all atrocities and misery that the world is experiencing today. 
is when men begin to think that he or she can survive and live on their own apart from God. Hallelujah. We cannot live without God. For in Him we live, in Him we move, and in Him we have our being. We need the presence of God. Hallelujah. We cannot afford. Hallelujah. Don't ever think that you can survive without the presence of God. Young people, I have a message for you. Don't you ever think that seeking God will be a hindrance to the career and success that you will ever pursue in life. I have already met a lot of people when I was in the Philippines. They stopped valuing the presence of God, thinking that just because they want to focus on their studies or they want to focus on their job or on their family, they stop going to church and they stop valuing the, the opportunity in serving God. And they ended up nowhere. Because they thought, then they made it sound that God is just an obstruction to their goals. But it's no, young people. It is God that will bless us. It is God who will protect us and will elevate us and will prosper us and will promote us. Don't ever think that God will be a hindrance to your career and the success you're pursuing. Hallelujah. We need God more than ever before. Hallelujah. King David, who has the highest position he can ever have in this world, the influence, the riches, the power and authority with hundreds or not thousands of army at his disposal. And he has a lot of wives as well. He had everything. The man have everything. What more can you ask? When, what more can a person ever desire having everything in this world? What more can a person desire for King David? He realized and he said in Psalms 27 verse 4, One thing, one thing have I desired coming from this king who is rich, powerful, and have everything in his life. But he realized that one thing he wants, he desires, or he lacks is he wants to seek God in his life. That he wants to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life and to behold his beauty and to acquire in his temple. David is not only talking about going to the temple or to that building itself. It's not only about that. David understood that in the house of the Lord, that's where his presence is. Well, at least in the context of the Old Testament. But David understood that no matter what kind of riches and position and authority and pleasure that a person can have, there's no replacement for the presence of God that will satisfy his soul. Hallelujah. He decided to seek the Lord. Amen. And when he, seek, when he said that he want to seek the Lord, it's not just a random uh, desire, but it is an intentional desire that he will, no matter what happened, no matter what it takes, I will seek God, hallelujah, I will seek God. And this is not just a one-time thing. This is a daily thing that he wants to seek the Lord God, the presence of God in, hallelujah, in the day, all the days of his life. To behold the beauty of the Lord 
This is what it meant to seek His face. This is what it means when we seek God's face. A lot of people, when they think, when, the, when you mention the word prayer, all of a sudden they think about the list. List that I need this, I need that. Heal this and heal that God. The Bible says to seek His face. But what people are really doing is they're seeking His hands. Because in His hands, there is healing. In His hands, there is blessing. There is provision. What God can do for them. But the Bible is encouraging us to seek His face. To behold the beauty of God. Of who He is. We worship God not because of the, no, what, not because of the benefits that we can only have. We worship God of who He is. As He is. Hallelujah. I have a question for us tonight. When was the last time that we went into the throne of God? Hallelujah. Without having list in our hands. And just you want to dwell in His presence. It's God, I'm here. I don't want to ask anything, Lord. But I'm just here because I just want to worship you for who you are. I just want to behold your beauty. I just want to stay in your presence. When was the last time that we came to His throne and just want to desire His presence? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, seek His face, Lord. Seek His Hallelujah. I want to seek your face, Lord. The psalmist, the sons of Korah, Psalms 84 verse 10, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God Can you imagine this kind of statement? Better is one day in your courts than thousand elsewhere. I could be anywhere else right now. I could be, you know, doing whatever I want to have more, you know, more money I can have. I could be in the place where can I have more a popularity or I can be wherever I want to. But this psalm is the sons of Korah. I'd rather be in the courts of God than anywhere else. That they would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. What the, what the psalmist is saying is, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. I just want to be in your presence. I just want to be close as much as possible into your presence. And if you're going to study more about sons of Korah, well, you know the story of Korah in the New Old Testament. Korah in the Bible was the person who led division and started their own tent to sacrifice aside from Moses. And the Lord was not impressed with it. Then the Lord causes the ground to split up. And Korah and his family and all those people who supported him was uh, swallowed up into that ground. That was the story, the story, the, the history of Korah. But what happened is later uh, years have passed. Korah's sons ended up being one of the writers of the book of Psalms. And what I'm trying to tell you tonight is this. No matter what kind of background or story that you have in your life, no matter how bad it sounds, how it looks like, it doesn't matter. When it comes to worshiping the Lord, hallelujah, there is no stopping. You can do whatever you want as long as you want to serve God and praise God. You know, it doesn't matter where you came from. 
God still wants your praise and worship. There are some people that they felt like I'm not worthy just because I, I have a bad story in my life. No, it doesn't matter to God. If you want to praise Him, if you want to worship Him, just come. Remember in Mark 5, that person who has had all the legions of devil in his life, but the scripture said that when he saw Jesus, he ran and worshipped Him. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how many legions of devil, hallelujah, that is in that man. Amen. But when he decided to worship God, hallelujah, the devils, the demons cannot stop him to worship and serve God and just to come into his presence. Hallelujah. No one can stop you. It doesn't matter where you are or where you came from or what situation you have. If you want to worship and praise God, just do it. No matter it caused just to be in the presence of God. Hallelujah. In the Bible, there's this guy called Obed-Edom. In 1 Chronicles 13, verse 13 and 14. The Bible said, So David did not move the ark into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. And the ark of God remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months. And the Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he owned. Now Obed-Edom, because of the Ark of the Covenant that stayed in his house, the Bible said that he was blessed for three months. He was prospered. It is blessed. But in the following chapters, in chapter 15 of First Chronicles, verse 18, the Bible said the following men were chosen as their assistants. Zechariah, Jaziel, Shemarimoth, Jehiel, Unai, Eliab, Benaiah, Maaseah, Matataya, Elephelehu, Mekneah, and the gatekeepers, Obed-Edom, and Jael. What does it speak to us in this scripture? That Obed-Edom, he had this encounter in the presence of God. Where three months, the Ark of the Covenant was in his household. That after that the Ark of the Covenant was moved, what, what did he do? He can't resist but to seek the presence of God. That he was willing to be a doorkeeper. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter. Hallelujah. I just want to be close to the presence of God. If you encounter the presence of God, there's going to be this thirst and hunger in yourself. That you can't just release and you just can't have enough. That you just want more. Because in the presence of God, everything we need is in there. He became the gatekeeper. Whatever it takes, as long as I can get to the presence of God. Our praise and worship is the key to access God's presence. Well, it was already, it was already mentioned this morning and right now it's also being declared for us tonight there is a call for us to draw near to seek god in this moment in these days in this generation that we are in right now there is an invitation for us as a church to draw near into the presence of god that we need to realize that more than anything else in this world, 
We gotta take a hold of God. Can I also say this tonight, church? This whole quarantine and isolation we despise and reject because of this pandemic. Is it possible that we have become so busy and preoccupied with our daily activities that maybe, just maybe, that God is using that quarantine isolation, those moments, so that we can no longer have excuses in our lives, that we cannot seek His presence. Could it be possible? Well, a lot of people, probably including me sometimes, I was always, you know, being negative, like, it's too much quarantine, all those stuff. Like, feel sad, you feel like lonely and everything. But there's something that God's trying to teach me. Instead of feeling lonely and all those stuff, I'm making this an opportunity for you so you can seek me while you are in this quarantine in isolation. So you can no longer have excuses. Hallelujah. I'm about to close anyway. But I just want to let you know also that the closer we get to His presence, the more we feel unworthy and sinner. Isaiah 6 and 5, when Isaiah experienced and encountered God's glory, what did he say? Then he said, Woe is me, for I am undone, and I am a man of unclean lips. When he, began to exp- when he was exposed in the glory, in the presence of God, he began to feel this that he felt like he's unworthy, or he's like a sinner. Look at Luke 5.8, the same what happened to Peter. When Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. There will be times that when we seek God's presence, we may feel like we are unworthy and sinner. But let me tell you tonight, that's okay. Because that's the goodness of God. God is not condemning you, but He is convicting you. You know that you are getting near to His presence. It's when you begin to feel like, Lord, I am unworthy. But that's okay, come into His presence. Because His goodness is leading you into repentance. As you go near into Him. But sometimes the enemy will take advantage of that. And instead, you feel conviction, you feel condemnation. But I have come tonight to tell you that when you begin to seek the presence of God in the deeper sense, and when you feel that feeling that you're, you're like unworthy or like you're a sinner, that's an indicator that you're getting near to His presence. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.